0: Okay, um, I think, okay, I think everything's good. Grudy? Good morning. Good morning. How are, you both? Hi. How are you? Okay, so um, how are things? Is there anything you'd like to share before taking the questions?
1: Everything's good here. Uh, having a heat wave, um, but... Um, All is good, we're doing a lot of uh, development of the property with Chittahari's help and expertise. That's uh, nice. Um, And uh, my book is about three quarters edited, maybe a little bit more. I'm going through it, adding a few things here and there. I'm learning how to make flower beds. Um, That's uh, interesting and uh, a wonderful service opportunity. So, what are the questions?
0: Okay. So, sorry, my computer's lagging a little bit. Um, Okay. So there's six questions and there's probably more coming. Um, so the first question is from Krishna Chaitanya.
2: Okay. All right, Krishna. Um, my question is, I was hanging out with Khanur Ram the other day and we were talking about He brought out that there's rumors of demons in the in krishna leela the unmanifest pastime but not really demons and i was just wondering like in gora leela the unmanifest pastimes i guess what i We were, as we were talking about we were thinking, well, in Krishna Leela, there's the intrigue of trying to get Radha and Krishna together, and maybe there's rumors of demons. Is there some sort of analogous intrigue in the uh, unmanifest pastimes of Gora Mm Leela?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting topic, um, and we... with regard to the apricot or the nitya leela, the unmanifest lila um, of Krishna in Braj, then there are different ways of talking about that subject. And uh, sometimes some uh, charges have referred to the influence of demons as rumors. Um, others have actually uh, spoken about their uh, demons like Keshi, um, for example, the, the horse demon, or Arista, the bull demon um, that uh, entered Braj uh, during the Prakata manifest, Lila, uh, Sanatana Vaswami. For example, spoken about them actually being there. Um, but um, um of course they're defeated and Keishi, the horse demon is turned into a into, uh, into someone who gives pony rides you know to the to the cowherd boys um and Arista becomes uh, 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 bullet pulls carts and so forth so they become completely tamed and and end up uh, participating uh, in the leela. but the the so i just give that as a contrast from someone saying that they're rumors another is saying that they're there but you know they're not there in in, in the way that they are in the prakat Leela. they're actually devotees um, and so the but the point i think is that is that um and and this is the 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 philosophy on this, that the feelings and bhavas of the aprakat lila mm, and the feelings of the prakat lila are the same. So when we say the aprakat lila and the prakat lila are the same, mm, what we mean by that is that that they're driven by the same bhavas and to one extent or another the same bhavas are present. mm. Now, how that will practically play out show itself or how that may be talked about that that point hmm, may be different different some, someone may say well the, the feelings are there because there are rumors of of comes to hmm? um and 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 those feelings are relative to the to to the leland and 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 um and someone else's it most may say well he's there but uh like I said, uh, you know, he's he uh, uh, doesn't function entirely in the same capacity that he does in the Prakat. And so there's different ways of talking about the same thing, which is that the Bhavas both are driven, the Prakat and Aprakat lila, by the same Bhavas. Hmm? So uh, whatever Bhavas we find manifest in the prakatlila, which is like a trailer of the movie of the Aprakat Leela. Are also there. Hmm? I think that's the important overarching uh, point to understand. Now, your question is about how does that apply to Lila? In Leela, of course, uh, in Aprakat, the unmanifest Lila, we find ourselves in Navadweep, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is not a sannyasin. Hmm? Um, and uh, he is fully. Um, uh, expressing himself as a devotee as a vaishnav and all of his associates are participating in sankirtan with him and uh archon uh hearing the Bhagavata, uh on it just like we do on a daily basis hmm. um during the Prakat leela, of course we have jagai and mudai are there and uh the mercy of Nityananda who was brought out and they are converted. We have the Chandkazi is there in Navidweep, uh, the Muslim ruler, and he um, uh, uh, makes an effort to, to, to stop, this, to ban the Sankirtan, and, and so on. So those are a couple of uh, quote-unquote demons, if you will, that uh, come to mind. I think that... Uh, that uh, Chand Kazi has been identified with either Drasanda or Kamsa, mm-hmm. perhaps Kamsa. Um, Jogai and Maudai have been identified with Jayan Vijay, an encore appearance <laughs> in the Prakat Leela after three times appearing in the world. Uh, as as demons, based on the curse of the Kumaras and the, and the uh, backing of the curse, ostensibly by Narayan, and then with Gorlila they come again? Um, so, and uh, uh, this is kind of a speciality of the of the that manifests, do that makes it in some respects more more sweet, more charming, more intimate than Aprakrti. Now, your question is. In the leela, is there any Kamsa? Is there any Chand uh, uh, Kazi, you know, influences and um, and uh, uh, Jogai and Madai types and so forth? Well, to be honest with you, the um, leela narratives um, focused on Gaur leela tend to be very brief comparatively. For example, we have Govindali Amrita, Krishna Bhavan Amrita, and Kavi Karnapur's book, I forget the name. These are, books are thousands of verses um, about a typical day in the life of Krishna in the Lila, which is divided into eight sections. We take the whole Lila in and, and motion and kind of stop the film right there before Krishna goes to Mathura. And Vrindavan is fully developed, and the, the, the gopis and, and adolescents and Krishna's and so forth. And then it plays out, you know, what a typical day is over and over again. So comparatively, as I mentioned, the descriptions of gore apricot lila are very limited. And um, and um, Previous uh, and founding of archives have not gone into um, extensive uh, detail, but the principle that I began answering your question with applies. And so, exactly how you might describe the fact that Prince Leila, our president, the apricot Leila, is. Um, is Another thing, and to date, I haven't heard of many particular descriptions to make that point. Now, of course, the babas we're talking about are our fear, hmm? their secondary rasas, or anger, um, and, and and so forth. Not that they don't have other ways to, to show themselves, but fear in particular. Fear. More than that, not really fear of demons, but fear for Krishna's well being. This is uh, certainly a bhava that uh, expresses itself in the Apricot Leela. And uh, the same would hold true for Gorila. Does that help? Oh. Uh,
2: yes. And I, I think I, I remember reading something about Mother Sachi being worried about um Gora getting bruises like with Kirtan. Would would one of those fears be that although they love that Nimai is religious, maybe he's getting too much into this uh, Sankirtan?
1: Well she does during the during the uh, during the Sankirtan and in, in the Nisha the night lila at Srivastakurs, um uh residence extended residence and gardens and so forth was performing Rasakirtan all through the night right and so he's sometimes crashing up on the ground and so forth whereas internally in in in, in krishna leela from the point of view of the, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna he's um, experiencing the love uh um of 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 the gopis and um you know their their eye cosmetic may rub on him and look like a bruise or something like that uh this type of thing. Of course also he and yeah, obviously into the mood of, of, of Radha, huh? hmm. um but at any rate it's true such he may look look at his body in the morning and think what happened and you how that sent here us that you're performing is very, um, it's, it's hard on you. And yes, maybe you're, it's good to be religious, but let's not be fanatical about it. <laughs> it's a typical um, uh, maternal uh, expression. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else? Another question?
0: He sure has a question.
2: Can you speak up? Can you hear me? Barely. Okay. Maybe.
1: Hello? Can't hear anything now.
2: Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, now it's loud and clear.
2: Okay. Um, in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Rita, Sarupa, when he um, enters the lila, in the morning there's an instance where the gopis are bathing Krishna and he's present. Mm-hmm. And Krishna tosses him his flute mm-hmm. because he doesn't trust the gopis to handle it. And I was wondering if this is a um, a common service for the Priyanarmasaka to protect and handle Krishna's flute while he's with the gopis.
1: Well, there are a number of uh, Venuharna leelas, flute-stealing uh, leelas. Uh, we find um, Krishna's Kaviraj uh, has a version of that in Govinda lamrita and that is similarly expressed in kristina vishnas krishna babanamrita rupa goswami has uh, extended uh Harunalila in his um um i want to say the hmm. uh, i think it's the doug drama of his uh, so there are or any, any other poets uh, have also expressed this. Um, and, um, and typically um, in the flute stealing leela, some of which the gopis actually steal the flute, some of which uh, it accidentally falls into their hands as Krishna becomes so bewildered by Radha's beauty that while offering her flowers, he, he gives his flute and doesn't realize it. She realizes it, of course, and and that's a big deal. And it's passed among friends, and so on and so forth. So anyway, there's a number of these uh, poetic uh, uh, descriptions of an ongoing affair. The flute is is in some ways the the, the enemy of the gopis because. Um, The the, the flu causes them to consider giving up the dharma and running off with Krishna and so forth. And of course, he's also uh, object of their ire because, well, he's always tasting Krishna's lips and and those lips, they think that they should have the um, right to taste them not the flute, and so forth. So the, these are all... Anyway, so, so, so the, to steal the flute is a big deal for them, and it's a big deal for Krishna who loses flute. But point is, and relative to your question, you know, all of the flute-stealing leelas, the, the narmastakas are, are prominent uh, um, and, and present and assisting hmm, in uh, Krishna and in, in getting it back, if you will. Um, so, yes, uh, Krishna throws his flute to, uh, to Sarupa, and um, there's a kind of a muted flute stealing Leela, if you will. It's not stolen, but the thought that it might be, and can't, can't let go into the, the gopis' hands, is, is there. So, hope that answers your question. Next.
3: Um, so, Pranada? Hare Krishna. Um, I have a question about Shraddha. That, mm. um, I understand Shraddha is not something of the mind, but of the soul. It's somehow B.R. Sridhar Maharaj describes it. And in one purport, Prabhupada, when, when he's referring to the Bhakti Lata Bija, he says the guru gives a taste for bhakti, the bija is a taste for bhakti. So two things, I'm wondering if the bija is the same as shraddha and if shraddha is um, a, a part of the Swarup shakti, not the material world.
1: Mm-hmm. Um- I'd like to see that quote of Prabhupada where he says that um, Shraddha is the that the guru gives the taste. Um, you can send that to me, that would be good. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, regarding Shraddha and Bija, Seed, um, the Seed of Bhakti as sometimes described, is the seed of the Rati or the bhava that that bhakti will um, eventually express, ex- express itself as. And in the Bhakti to Sindhu, Jiva Goswami comments on Rupa Goswami's verse that, uh, and one of his verses, in which, uh, by by way of saying that the bija, the seed of the rati that one will attain, is sadhusanga, and he quotes a verse from the Bhagavatam, um, in which the Bhagavatam is speaking about the virtues of sadhusanga. Hmm. So the seed of the rati one will attain is, is, is arguably, is the Bhakti latabija. and he says. That it comes from Sadhu Sangha. So, what do we get from Sadhu Sangha? Well, we get uh, we get if we get shastriya shraddha. We get nirguna shraddha. So there are different types of faith. Obviously, Dita speaks about different types of faith: faith in the modes of goodness, passion, ignorance. Arjuna asks the question: What you know about about uh, faith? And Krishna speaks about the three modes and. Um, In Uddhava Gita, Krishna speaking, Uddhava takes it a step further. He speaks about faith in the three modes and also Nirguna Shraddha. He says, for example, faith in Shastra is, is... So we get Nirguna Shraddha. Ujjapad Sridhar used to like to describe the spiritual world as uh, planets of faith, very poetic and beautiful expression, planets of faith. By contrast, he often poetically said that that, uh, suspicion leads to suspension, by which he meant that lack of faith or doubt um, uh, impedes one from going forward hmm? uh, in the Gita again referring to that chapter about uh, different types of faith Krishna says that a person is their faith so faith is the animating principle in life whatever mode of nature it's it's in and so true with, with, with Nirgon Nirguna faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that faith is inhibited by doubt, then there's hesitation, right? Suspension. Suspicion leads to suspension. Um, Back to the idea that there are planets of faith, well, then there must be planets of doubt. And no doubt there is. Consciousness is covered by matter and so there are doubts Hmm. about itself. It's doubting itself. People doubt their own bliss. I could never relate to that, but having had it, uh, even if it's not consistent, Hmm. um, the fact that it it, it exists and, and transcends any form of material happiness based on acquisition and so forth is is is, is uh, so uh, significant and spiritually grounding. Um, but at any rate, if there are planets of faith, what he means there, of course, there, everything is animate. Everything is moving. There's no hesitation. There's a free flow of the heart. Um, when you're at home, then you don't have any doubts. Uh, when you're at, in a neighbor's house or at the store or in a foreign country, how things work, Read the label before you eat it. At home, if everything is, there, there, there's no doubt. So it's free, free movement. So Vrindavan is a home, homeland of the heart. And for home knowing, we need a home knowing, home going, as Pujjapachitambhasa used to say, we need a home knowing um, person. So who, ha- that person has Nirguna Shraddha and is animated by that by that Shraddha. Mm-hmm. Um, in one sense, you could say that the progression in bhakti is a development of, of shraddha. Faith from, faith from tender to become strong, um, to um, well informed. Um, and uh, as a result, uh, uh, with it comes the ability to understand the revelation in a dynamic way with the application of scriptural logic uh, and in thinking about it and discussing about it, always land us to speak on one's feet. So, um, so, Shraddha, yes, Shraddha, as we talk about it in Bhakti, which is the beginning or it or as it manifests in one's heart, there is eligibility to tread the path. Of course, like I said earlier, you need faith to tread any path, but the difference between, for example, bhakti, gyan, yoga, other schools of transcendental pursuit, is that they require other things, gyan and yoga, require other things besides the faith, whereas bhakti-only faith, you may be lacking in other qualifications still such as the power of bhakti, because it's nirguna in nature. The power of sattva is considerable, but pales in comparison to nirguna. So, so yes, uh, there's a difference between, let's say, belief, which is more of a function of the, uh, the mind, and faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and so it, it, yes, it's a it's a, is a sharing of the faith. So uh you know that said, you you could I so su- I suppose if you if you say as Jiva Goswami does that, as I mentioned earlier, that Sadasangha is the seed of the Rati that one will attain and that first manifests as Nirguna uh, Shraddha. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that help?
3: Yes. Um, so nirgun Shraddha relates to Bhakti. Is that part of the internal energy then? Nir- when it's Nirguna?
1: Nirguna means, Nirguna means yes, internal. Nir- and- Nirguna means not of the modes of nature. So it's the mm-hmm. spiritual side. And what's functioning there, of course, is the um, the Krishna Swarup Shakti, exactly.
3: And it's interesting, you said how some people who have had devotees, it seems like all devotees do have some experience of um, how that Shraddha has given them a taste in Krishna consciousness, but they don't trust it and uh, don't give it enough, maybe, credence. And so they,
1: I don't know, yeah, I see that. Yeah, their their experience may be limited um, and um, it may be very much relative to good association outside of which, well, that's the nature of the jiva adaptability. So if you're in good association, you're going to be nurtured. If you're not in good association, well, you're in bad association. Uh, so you know you're going to uh, you're going to adapt to be influenced by that unless you've been nourished sufficiently to withstand that and be an in, be an influence in uh, you know upon upon others. So yeah, um,
3: is any faith in bhakti nirgun shradha?
1: Well, there's uh, I would say that there's there's, there's there's kind of a Lokic faith and there's uh, Shastriya Shraddha. Lokic means like worldly. Um, so, a worldly idea about God and faith in God that is not tied to revelation. And that's what Arjuna is talking about in the chapter of the Gita I referred to. I forget the number of the chapter, 16 or 17, something like that. Um, uh, and in the end what does krishna conclude <inaudible> so faith should be derived from from shastra if we act independently of shastra under the gunas you're not going to get the fruit so there, there is a kind of logic, Shraddha, of worldly faith. I suppose you could say worldly belief in God, faith in God. I mean, all people have all kinds of ideas about God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are books like Conversations with God um, that are, they're, they're kind of crazy. You know what they, what they come up with. What the author thinks that he, he or she heard from, from God in the conversation and so forth. So. Now is that bhakti? Uh, you know, um, not really, uh, as, as 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 we speak about it, but it's kind of a worldly faith hmm, uh, in God, derived from the influence of, of, of the modes of nature. Does that help?
3: Yes, thank you. Can I just a question um, unrelated? When you opened up today, you said that you're learning how to make flower beds. Yeah. Does that mean beds for planting flowers or actually beds for laying down that are made of flowers?
1: Oh, no, for, for laying down. It's for putting Krishna in a bed of, of flowers. We have some nice... Um...
3: Putting Krishna in a bed of flowers, not making beds of where you're going to plant flowers.
1: Right, making a bed of flowers for Krishna to lie down in. Wow. From the flower beds that we have here. <laughs> Follow.
3: Uh, yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> I'll stay there for a moment. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. So the next question is from Martin, and I think that that one's in the chat and needs to be translated.
1: Okay. Who's our translator today, Sean?
0: You don't see it i wonder if.
1: no sorry i don't know i, I send it uh, privately
0: oh i see it for everyone oh okay oh okay so i'll just read it um because it is in english um okay so um so the question is pronoun maraj um i've heard that each demigod is a uh, is kind of a position to fill For example, Indra is not the same in every planet or universe. So can you say a few words about the essence of the demigod
1: soul? Well, the idea um, is that um, our body and mind, gross and subtle body are a microcosm of the macrocosm of material nature. And so the functions of our body, for example, our senses, uh, are dependent on the macrocosm. So for us to see with our eyes, we're dependent on light, right? Can't see in the dark. So for our our some animals can, but that's another thing. So our eyes are dependent upon the sun. Um, and speaking is dependent upon wind and so on and so forth. So... The basic idea in um, the Hindu uh, conception of the world is that we should live with gratitude and understand that the function of our senses is a dependent function. We're not independent. Just do whatever we want with our senses. and if we think like that, there will be there'll be consequences because we will be living without gratitude. Hmm? And, and s- s- separating ourselves mentally, distancing ourselves from nature that materially speaking, we're part of. Hmm? Hmm? So this is a very interesting concept because there's a there's an advocacy for understanding the extent to which our body-mind complex and material identification is an integral part of the entirety of nature. Mm -hmm. And as we understand that and thereby approach nature with gratitude, um, she shares her secrets with us, Mm -hmm. the prime secret of which is that she has a soul and is us. Mm -hmm. So it's very very interesting uh, because by in in a sense by being grounded and and integrating more with nature as i'm speaking about it we come to know that we're we're not part of nature in another sense that we're the Atma. we're part of the whole show because it wouldn't go on without us right um so while there's a in the moving away from, I'm not matter. Hmm? Here's an advocacy of, well, I am part of n- nature, integrating with that, living with gratitude, Surya Namaskar, to the sun every morning, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and this, it, it, in, in looking at the river as a goddess, because without her water, I cannot live, and uh, and in worshiping the rivers and so forth and um, you can say these gods are posited if you will um, but uh, it's a it's kind of a poetic way of looking at the world it's kind of a it's it's a way of looking at the world with gratitude and perhaps things come into one's vision that wouldn't one would not see otherwise hmm? gods goddesses. Um, And and while this might be thought in a modern so-called rational world to be, you know, fairy tales and so on and so forth, it's actually what it really amounts to is is the first stage of love, which is gratitude. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the uh, uh, the bounty of and so on and so forth um not a bad thing because it again it leads ultimately to um understanding the Atma. so dharma jignasu inquiring into dharma which is all about this life of gratitude leads to brahma jignasu inquiring into into the nature of the consciousness and rasa jignasu as well um so it, it, uh, what the senses and all our psychological um realities and so forth have a correspondence with the features of nature they're personified as gods and goddesses and the the, the primal ones that you speak of like indra and brahma and so forth they're like these are thought to be like empowered um so empowered divinely empowered like um seats within 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 nature hmm? They're partial manifestations of the Godhead Himself. Diving that training means the, the the divine kind of controlling uh, factor. People say, "Well, if God was in control, you know, if it didn't come up in the morning, it'd be a big problem." <laughs> um, now we have we have the we we live in a fantasy. Of controlling the sun one day hmm, through science and doing away with all this, uh, these silly beliefs and so forth. <laughs> um, good luck with that. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so it's just like artificial intelligence, you know, is is, is is thought to be. Wow, this is where it's going, and we're going to finally show that that our intelligence is also artificial that we can create robots uh of course you haven't proved anything because conscious being is creating you know a replica of, it, of itself so you've got to, you know you have to have the programmer to do the computing that you can't get it get it around that it. it's kind of it's kind of circular and but that said uh relative to my point the progress in artificial intelligence which is thought to be you know tremendous if looked at in terms of the goal of the field of artificial intelligence, it is like so, the progress, when we look at it from that perspective, it's just like if someone wants to touch the moon and they climb a tree and say, I've gotten a lot closer to the moon now. I mean, you would laugh at that, you know? So if the goal of artificial intelligence, which it is, is to create human beings, hmm? With feelings, robots with feelings—they're hmm? so far from that. You know, the person you talk to in the phone, you know, Siri, what's her name? Uh, you know, is uh, is so far from having feelings that, that, that it's absurd. Hmm? That, that, so the progress is is, is 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 say limited would be uh, you know wouldn't do, wouldn't do justice to it. And for that matter, I think it's worth considering that if you did create consciousness hmm, by the manipulation of non-conscious stuff, which is sounds what how how fantastic what a fantasy that is that I'm going to take stuff that has no feeling, no experience of itself. And I'm going to rub it together, and it's going to feel and have experiences. That's basically what you know what they're trying to do. I mean, it, 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 it sounds rather magical um, and fantastical. Um, but if you could, hmm, you haven't done anything that's already, hasn't already been done by somebody you haven't met yet. But but if you could. Um, then those robots would start wondering: is there God or not? Because that's what humans do. <laughs> so you, know, you haven't solved the problem. Robots would be some of the robots would be preaching, there is a God, I'm sure of it. And then, Wait a minute, we created you in the lab. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. <laughs> if they were actually replicas of it, it fully you know, human, then they would have all those feelings. so. So anyway, that's a little bit of an aside point, but uh, some thoughts
2: I've
1: shared with you about the gods and goddesses. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, thank you for your question.
0: Okay, I think maybe I got it. Uh, I got Martin's question mixed up with Raj Hari's question, which I think is in the chat. I could be wrong. Yeah, it is.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay, yeah, I need to repeat it in English for the persons on Facebook. The question is, a devotee has an affinity for nature, um, for animals, for the natural world, and, 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 and so forth. And um, there are some statements in the scripture that um, uh, the questioner refers to. Uh, for example, Bhakti Rasmita Sindhu where it's mentioned it's sacred uh, trees. And the, the banyan is a, the fig tree, sacred tree, worshipable. These are angas of bhakti. Uh, taking care of cows um, is, a, is, a, is an anga of bhakti, um, so on and so forth. Um, so is there some way that the devotee asks if they can if he or she can integrate uh, his or her affinity for nature, which is what happens to be strong, um, with with bhakti hmm. extend the idea of you know caring for cows to for example caring for all animals and and so on and so forth uh so the question is whether i could say something about that to help someone who, who feels that that kinship with nature um uh, you know i spoke about this a little bit in the previous answer to the to the question that um, I think that the, in, in the industrial society that we live in one of the problems is that humans have been, you know, by, separated from nature, largely compared to agrarian based uh, cultures. And um, And it's caused a kind of angst and a kind of uh, just a, well, because we are part of nature, and we start to, you know with the help of Descartes, uh, think ourselves different from nature in, in all respects, then, well, that's the beginning of the whole environmental crisis that we ex- are presently experiencing. And, and it's, it's, psycho- it's, a, it's a large part the psychological uh, crisis that, uh, that the, the world ex- experiences. Um, so it's important to be a little grounded uh, materially Um, if we want to go up vertically then it's good to have a good horizontal uh, foundation if you will Um, so your uh, affinity for nature the natural world preserving it uh, and so on and so forth Um, uh, care for animals and so on uh, I think it's, it's good. Um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has said that uh, the essence of Dharma is Krishnanam and, uh, um, what does it say, Krishnanam? Krishnanam um, Saradhanasar. So Krishnanam to chant Krishnanam and kindness to all beings. Hmm? Um, this is a big emphasis in uh, Buddhism, you know, the kindness to all sentient beings. It's not that we're Buddhists, but it's not that there aren't aspects of Buddhism that are also part of Vajrayana So kindness to all beings um, is is good, and um, as I just cited Bhagavad it's the essence of of uh, Dharma. Now, you know certain animals are domestic animals like the cow and they they bring much to human society and so when we take them out of the wild domesticate them they they also civilize us and take us from hunting and gathering to growing and agriculture and uh, we care for the animal the animal cares for us then there's the animals in the wild and so on but um we certainly uh uh, in our ashrams like at or here at Adari, we we uh, try to um, facilitate the, uh, the, the wild animals as well so' there's so many deers here they, they they eat along with the cows here um, um, so from the same feeder nowadays so uh That said, I also want to emphasize that um, I think you might look at your affinity for nature in light of the Goswami's descriptions of Krishna Leela, from which they're drawing so much from the natural world. that It's apparent that they were very acquainted with the natural world, how this bird chirps and how this flower blossoms and at what time and so on and so forth. Of course, they're seeing it all uh, in a poetic way. And it's reminding them of Krishna Leela and, uh, and and so forth. And they're they're seeing the you know chakora bird and uh, sit the chakora that, that lives on, is thought to poetically live on raindrops and uh, won't take water from the ground once it falls. And so like that, they 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 follow that bird and only want to take from Krishna rather than. From, be sustained by Krishna, so on and so forth. The point is that, yes, they're they're seeing the natural world in a way that reminds them of Krishna, but they're very acquainted with it. They're very connected with it uh, and very uh, respectful of it. And the the environs, if you will, of Vrindavan, the forest, uh, is highlighted over the village you know by far if you will not that they're that much disconnected as cities are today from you know urban areas so those are are some some thoughts and of course um any aspect of nature whether there are many powerful manifestations of nature that krishna identifies himself with amongst mountains i am the himalayas amongst bodies of water i am the ocean here in northern california we have redwood trees which are local only here and maybe one part in china uh very special trees and we could say that to extend the the 10th chapter of the gita bibuti yoga amongst trees in northern california i am the redwoods so we walk amongst the redwoods, some of these redwoods are big enough to drive a car through or to build a house within. Mm -hmm. So when you walk amongst them uh, in the old growth forests, you get a a slight epiphany that I'm not in in the center here. Mm -hmm. The trees are the center and I'm on circumference. So you get displaced whenever we come in touch with a powerful manifestation of nature. If we go from here uh, 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 out to the coast, which is eleven miles, when you reach the coast, it's very dramatic—the cliffs and the ocean. It's it's there's an epiphany, like oh, it's big, the vastness, and I'm small. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, any powerful manifestation of nature is a booty expression of Krishna, representation of the, 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 the infinite. Mm-hmm. Manifesting in a finite uh, form that has some measure of the infiniteness of nature that uh, it, it represents to the human mind, and it causes then uh, we humans to have kind of an epiphany about of our of our smallness, and there's something to revere. There's a mystery. What's it? That, there's this body of water. What's it? The other. And even if you know from geography you know that at the other end you know out there in the pacific there's there's some islands and then there's the asia still it's hard to relate to when you just look at it and just think what's that? it's a mysterious and then what's in the bottom of it you know <laughs> how deep is it and so forth the vastness so acquaintance with 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 nature can very much help us to Come take ourselves out of the center, so to speak, where we tend to gravitate towards by our material um, uh, conditioning. So, um, just some thoughts about um, for nature lover devotees, if you will. We should we should be such. Um, and as I was saying. Um, the entirety of nature, of course, is, is the Shakti of Bhagawan. So you could take any, any uh, feature of nature and worship it as the Shakti of Bhagawan and progress in bhakti, if you make that uh, conceptual uh, connection. But ten, we tend to worship the form of Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, but we can live worshipfully. In relation to all of all of nature, as the Shakti of Bhagawan, and especially when power they say powerful features of it remind us of our of our uh, smallness and of His uh, greatness, if you will. Hope that helps. I see there's some more long questions. I don't know if we're going to have time for them.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a few more. Um, I mean, there's like it seems like there's. Or more, um, yeah.
1: One says, "How uh, Rupa Manohar, um, how a disciple should see the opinion of the spiritual leaders, gurus, about some aspects of health, vaccine science, politics, etc." Thank you, Guru Dave. Um, the guru is not a um, politician, a health. Uh, uh, medical practitioner mm, material scientist and uh, and so forth and these realms medicine what's good for your health um, science what's the nature of 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 of, of the external world uh, politics so forth are full of relativity mm-hmm. what's healthy today is um, bad for you tomorrow often um uh, and there are you know even even in the same day there are so many different opinions so uh to the guru is is primarily for the purpose of as is shastra telling us about something that we could not know otherwise simply by the exercise of our senses mind intellect we could not know about the Christian Lila. Hmm? Scripture is for telling us about that. Hmm? And Guru is for telling us about that. Now, in the context of telling us about that, Scripture may draw upon science, even politics, psychology, and so forth, of the time in which it's spoken, hmm? that essential message, to, to get that message across. Hmm? So that what they what is drawn upon to uh, impart the essential message may be relative, but the essential message is not. The world is always changing, humans are part of the world, they're always changing. So we we, we live in a different world than 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 the past. And we as humans, we're different than humans of the past. So our experience is going to be different. So so the we have to look to that which is essential. That's what the guru is about. He or she may draw upon relative things to express that, but those things are irrelevant. Are, are and then he or she may have certain opinions also. Mm-hmm. What's good for health? What's not? Um, and, and those are not absolutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that question then um, what else?
3: Um, out so, of time. Uh,
0: I mean we we have other questions. I think it's just up to you whether
1: you I see two questions in Spanish, right?
0: Yeah, there are two and yeah there's. Yeah, there's three more questions. One from Eric, and two in Spanish in the chat.
1: Well, I said, yeah, I answered that one. I see one from Gvache in Argentina, and one from um, Mahatma Das in Chile. Hmm. Okay, let's try Gvacious Looks, what does he say? So the question is about the Aryan race, the the, the symbol of the swastika and how it was taken by the uh, Nazi party in in Germany and distorted. And so what's the pristine conception of that? Um, Well, um, obviously there were uh, problems with the, Bigotry of the Nazis and so forth, um, and it's one of the cruelest, uh, you know, campaigns in in in, in world horrific uh, things that they did, um, and we don't find that in in the uh, Aryan conception that they drew from from India, um, but um, the Aryans. Um, are thought to be those that are following the scripture and inquiring and have a a transcendental view of life. They're transcendentalists, ultimately. Mm -hmm. While they see differences, materially speaking, mm -hmm, amongst people, um, some being more influenced by Rajas and Thomas, some by Sattva and so forth, they see an equality of all beings at the same time. And the whole Aryan um, idea was uh, to live for the upliftment of the entirety of humanity in terms of their sp- its uh, spiritual prospect. So, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's a it's a total distortion that what uh, Nazi Germany did. The sign itself, to be honest with you. The, uh, the, the, the swastika symbol in in india but it's auspicious and uh, the nazis turned something very inauspicious so aryans i mean arjun was an aryan mm-hmm. um, at some point in the gita he was speaking like a non-aryan which was he was he was absorbed in the bodily conception of life krishna reprimanded him and said you're, you're an Aryan, but you're not acting like one. To act like one is to to live in the world as a transcendentalist. So that is to see on a deeper level everyone equal and to conduct oneself in such a way that the, um, e- not only the equality of all beings, but the, the prospect of all living beings will um, be uh, brought to light and uh, fostered. Mm-hmm. So, give uh, a short answer on that. And we have one more from Chile. Let's see if it lends itself to a short answer. You see that one, Shalman Shalmandu from the hot house. Yeah, Mahatma. I see one from the hot. Mm-hmm. So the question I'll speak in, in, in English um, is about um, Goswami's terms, mantra mai upasana uh, and Swarasiki. Um, Two ways of accessing, entering into the apricot, the unmanifest uh, leelas of Krishna. Hmm. And um, that's the essence of of the question. So uh, what are these mantras then by which you can enter into the uh, leelas, which reveal the leelas and so forth? what Yuga swami is talking about is that there are certain mantras that describe krishna or a frame are you there sham sham okay it, it, they take a, if you take a frame one frame of the movie of krishna lila let's say you want to take um, the rasa lila hmm and take one frame of that, freeze it. And you can find in the Bhagavatam, a verse that describes it, or Jiva Goswami refers to um, a verse in gopal tapad Upanishad that describes the beauty of Krishna. The Brahma Samhita itself is full of verses um, describing um, Krishna. And in effect, freezing the lila in a, in a certain frame. And so what Jiva Goswami is talking about is that by meditating on those verses that are one frame of the lila, in due course, the the, the movie of the lila will start to proceed within your heart. Hmm. And so from worshiping with a mantra, mantra mai. Upasana, means worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, you can enter into that frame, and internally, then eventually, uh, it's you will see that it's one. You know, well, you know theoretically it is, but you'll start to experience that it's one frame and move to the next frame. And this is then the Swarasika meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, That's basically what he's talking about. So you, you want to know what those mantras are. Hmm. Uh, this is a, this is one, for example. So there are many. Hmm. So give the brief answer. We've gone a little over time. Appreciate all your questions. I hope to be with you next week. Thank
0: you. So I'm gonna do some announcements for the classes this week. I think that Arjuna, so Pavanava was just as a little like side note, he was giving class at 11 a.m. for the late morning program is that right yeah today okay i guess you can everyone who is here you can watch the recording of that right yeah yeah okay
1: but it won't be on youtube it will just be on facebook
0: has been suspended from youtube because of his
3: controversial i don't know anyway
0: Interesting. Okay, so not on YouTube. Everyone. I have to go on Facebook to watch. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on Facebook to watch it. That's probably what I'm gonna do. Um, because that's the only option. Um, maybe it's on podcast. It'll be on podcast eventually. Okay. So on Mondays, um, Palman Abhiswami is giving his classes on Brahmari Gita, the song with the bumblebee. Um. And then on Tuesdays, uh, Ashram Maharaj is giving classes, the four Vaishnava Sampradaya's, a brief intro into the schools of bhakti. And then on Wednesdays, Dulal is giving his classes on Krishna Sandarbha. And then on Thursdays, Archana is doing her interviews, um, the beauty and messiness of Asadaka's journey. And then on Fridays, Krishna Chaitanya is giving classes, Dasya, Sakya, Vaithi, Rag. What so what now what um, and on Saturdays uh, Atul Ananda Swami is giving classes on the qualities of bhakti, um, and then on Sundays we're back here, and then there will be new classes for August, I suppose. Okay, um, so I think that's it. Thank you so much, everyone. Is that is that all? Yeah, Archana, or is there anything else? I see Sakirati Rati and Sean yeah I think that's I think. yeah I just wanted to say to Archana CD programs I'm gonna send you an email for, for that um about tomorrow class if you can read it thank you sure
3: sure thank you okay <laughs>
0: okay hey, how are you both?